Welcome to CISO Interviews, where Affinia hosts cybersecurity executives sharing career advice, actionable insights, and tips so that you can enhance your career and succeed as well. I had Ben Coral on the show. Ben is a field CISO at Zscaler, and we had a wide-ranging conversation about the future of cybersecurity, some of the topics that will be top of mind for CISOs in about 6 to 12 months. Also, Ben shared his perspective on some of the things that uh, he wished CISOs would adjust uh, in, in their relations to vendors um, and the other way around. Uh, and it was uh, it was an amazing conversation. Enjoy the show. Ben, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Can you uh, talk a little bit about your uh, current role? What's in your purview? What's, uh, what's, what's your current position? Absolutely. Really, really appreciate the, the invite to allow me to be here Certainly. and take a moment or two just to introduce myself. So Benjamin or Ben Coral. Currently, I serve as an advisory CISO mm-hmm. or field CISO, whatever term you like with, with Zscaler. And that allows me to really take you know, the years of experience that I have. I get to engage with some of our customers, some of our prospects, take a look at their program and really give them advice on this is how I would advise you to improve the program that you already have in place. So mm-hmm. it allows me to engage with a lot of different people, look at different programs. So really do enjoy the role. And then I also get the benefit of going to different conferences, speaking, hopefully publishing an article or three uh, a quarter. So really just get some thought leadership perspectives out there and mm-hmm really just engaging with other people in the community, the, the cybersecurity community. Great, great. So um, this is kind of a, a snapshot of a point in time right now. Uh, but if we kind of roll the time machine back a little, how did you get into cybersecurity in the first place? So I probably took one of the more traditional routes to get into cybersecurity, meaning I started in, in the IT. And I was probably an IT administrator. I started being a Unix administrator. So mm-hmm. started in IT, worked on everything from server support, operations, network engineering, and got into automation and scripting. Mm-hmm. And then when firewalls in the, you know, in the mid-90s or late 90s started becoming more of a thing, it was generally going to be on a, on a Unix box and Unix, ACLs, things like that, IP tables. And as the Unix admin, it then fell on me to fulfill the role of maintaining those those firewalls and those rules. So I really just jumped at that opportunity. And since then, I've spent the last 20 years then focused on just cybersecurity. Mm -hmm. And the last 10 years or so, I have been fortunate to be the head of you know, security programs. So again, I was probably the more traditional route of starting off just in IT in mm-hmm. general and work my way into cyber. Awesome. That's uh, it's, it's amazing. I, it's cybersecurity as a field uh, kind of exploded in importance over the years. And I think a lot more people are looking to make a career, um, whether it's more junior professionals, again, uh, professionals looking to switch from IT to cybersecurity, or maybe even students kind of early, uh, early, earlier on, what would be your advice from kind of your vantage point, um, 20 some years of experience, what would you recommend they should focus on to set them up for success in their career? 
Yeah. Now, so first off, you know, cyber is a fantastic career. So if you're considering working in cyber, my advice is just do it. Uh, but then figure out what interests you. And what I mean by this is stepping into cyber. You've got blue team, which are going to be your defenders. You've got red team, which are going to be your offensive. And everybody's, oh, being an ethical hacker, that's cool. I'm going to be a pen tester. Uh, that's just one, one aspect of it. But then you also have you know, people that are going to be uh, governance, you know, GRC, governance, risk, and compliance. There really is so many different types of roles. Mm -hmm. So find out what, what interests you. And, you know, I tried for years to fit into being an, an analyst, but my ADHD in me did not allow me just to sit there, do packet analysis all day. Uh, it just didn't resonate with me. So if I would have said, well, that's what cyber is, I would have burned out and I would have left, you know, left the industry years ago. Mm -hmm. But that's, that's the great thing is find out what, what you're passionate about, what interests you, the things that, that you enjoy doing. Are you a more people person? Security awareness, <laughs> we don't have enough people focused on that. And mm -hmm. you get to do marketing, you get to engage with people, you get to do more training. There really is such a broad range of skills that are needed inside security. So find out what interests you, give mm -hmm. it all a shot and network, network, network. <laughs> Talk Absolutely. to people, uh, you know, not, not network management, network and engage with people talk to them what's your experience and find out what what worked for you and help hopefully you don't make the same mistakes they made so just just talk to people and find out what the opportunities are out there certainly it makes a lot of sense um because at the end of the day having a mentor because i think this what that's what it sounds like you what you mean by networking finding a mentor finding someone who is on the path you're considering, but further along, you can give you, hey, you're better off investing time here, not there. Uh, this is a good Correct. certification to get, and this one is not. So this will all those kind of shortcuts and uh, um, and advice will go a long way. So it, make, it, make, it does make a lot of sense. Switching gears a little bit, um, it seems. Every now and then, we, as you know, we did a, uh, a survey of our members and um, we try to understand what's top of mind for a lot of people. It seems like things like ransomware, uh, third party attacks, um, phishing, social engineering is top of mind for a lot of people. Imagine you have a crystal ball and you can see into the future six months from now, 12 months from now. What would be top of mind for CISO? It could be some of the existing kind of threats, yep. but uh, looking into the future, what do you think? Maybe some of them are emerging. What are the top three threats that would be top of mind for CISOs in one year's time? This episode is brought to you by Athenia, a community where 2,000 CISOs and other senior executives network, learn, and succeed together. To apply for your complimentary membership, please visit www.athenia.com or click the link in the show notes. Now, back to the show. Oh, oh over the next year, you know, what I think, you know, old is new, <laughs> new is old. Uh, I think we're still going to struggle to mm -hmm. find and retain top people, top talent. And yes, we're sitting here at the beginning of 2023. Over the last 90 days, we've seen massive layoffs. I still think it's going to be difficult for us to find quality and 
find and keep quality people. So I think that's, it's been an issue for a long time. It's going to continue to be an issue. Uh, going into 2023, why we see some of these massive layoffs, it, we're going to have tighter budgets going forward and justifying new people, justifying new solutions, not saying we all need new toys in order to solve solutions. You know, people are, are, are what's going to get us ahead. But mm -hmm. I do think we will, over the next year, see tighter budgets as well. So people and money is still going to continue to be an issue. But I'm really starting to think, yes, you mentioned a couple of things like ransomware. We've been battling with malware for, you know, for decades, and we will continue to do it. It's going to continue to be pervasive. But there's also a lot of chatter out there now on weaponized AI and whether it's, you know, the chat GPT is the you know, flavor of the day. But as you can start maliciously training some of these AI engines that are out there in order to make better you know, phishing templates or, you know, everyone goes out just a little, little bit different, but they look really, really enticing. They're, they're really good. Or you use them to create more malware that's out there as well. So I think this web, weaponized AI is going to be something that we're going to have to figure out mm -hmm. how to, you know, how to detect, how to defend. Uh, and you know, uh, our voices are out there. Our, our mannerisms are out there. So understanding from a social engineering perspective, how to detect when it's an actual live person who's calling you on a phone, you recognize the voice. Uh, that's going to, again, be something that we do need to take into account, you know, deep fake and stuff like that. It's interesting that you mentioned that. I think I, I attended a webinar. It was not at a conference. It was a webinar. And one of the vendors presented a live case. They actually played the, the sound. And it was, um, so the scenario was uh, a tech person receives a call. Hey, I'm Jane. It's a VP of marketing. I'm stuck in traffic. I'm late for the meeting. I need to get a bypass. I need to access this particular um, document. Can you, can you hook me up? And then it's, so it's AI bot talking to a live person and like I'm an Uber. And, and so it's basically creating a story and humans are conditioned to help. And this, this yes. person's job is paid to help. Right. So it was very, and it worked. Right. So it's, um, it, it's just, it's fascinating. And this was before ChatGPT. it was, I don't know, six months ago, maybe, maybe even a year. And when I saw this, this was really uh, frightening in terms of how technology uh, deployed by bad actors can be so devastatingly persuasive and and uh, push the right buttons and, and kind of manipulate yep. people or well-meaning, well-intentioned, someone in technology so they're aware of all the kind of various risks involved. And um, it was, I my mind was blown when I, when I saw this. And I think probably more of that is coming both in text. And, uh, already I'm seeing threads and on Reddit and uh, chat GPT used to, to your point, craft phishing emails and things like this. So it's a, it's a fairly scary world where we're uh, slowly driving into. Um, so uh, the question that I also had for you, you mentioned kind of networking, not networking in, in the computer network perspective, but networking, connecting with people. And at the end of the day, one thing that I'm realizing that cybersecurity, it's a team sport, meaning, um, CISOs learn from each other. They learn from vendors. It's a it's it's a kind of united front, and that's how 
that's how we win, right? Because it's the uh, more often than not, yes. cybersecurity organizations are not up against a teenager in a hoodie sometimes, but more often than not, those are enterprise size organizations with management levels, state sponsored. It's really, that's what a lot of people are up against. So it's only uh, as a United Front, as we have a chance kind of to present something, um, defeat some of those, some of those attacks. And this, uh, quite frankly, is what the mandate, the biggest mandate of Afini is kind of bringing cybersecurity professionals together for learning networking. Um, you, I'm sure you probably, you're speaking at conferences, you're plugged in all the various networks. Uh, what would you suggest we do more of? How would make Afinia more um, valuable for, for members? What are your thoughts? No, and I love that, uh, you know, the, the thought process, because you are absolutely right. Security is a team sport. And, you know, 15 years ago, we did not want to talk to each other. Uh, you know, the security professionals, we did not want to air our dirty laundry, uh, so to speak. We didn't want to say, hey, we have issues over here. We wanted to give the persona of we've got it all handled. But I think over the last several years, certainly, we as a uh, community, uh, community are speaking so much better. And we're, we're able to say, hey, you know, this is a problem that we have. How did you solve this over here? And we're able to come together, share experiences, share, you know, this worked for us. No, we tried that. That actually didn't. Uh, it sounded like it was, but I wasn't going to do it. And I think as a community, having open dialogue and it really comes down to trust. Do I trust that I'm able to share and it not get out? <laughs> so, is, you know, do I know these people? Do I trust these people? Can I share with them? Is it going to stay here? You know, that Chatham House rules of everything that's going to be talked about will stay here. It's not going to make it out of here. And understanding that we can be vulnerable with each other and say, everything I did wasn't perfect. You know, I too, I, you know, I'm a human. I am flawed. I've got issues. I made a decision. It was a bad one. Now, how do I learn? How do I grow? And how do I share? You know, we mentioned mentoring earlier. I want you to not make the mistakes that I made. So really having a place that we can communicate where things are going to stay there, they're going to be trusted. Uh, but again, is it safe? Is it trusted? That's what we need. So and kind of from the technical perspective, uh, what are some of the ways that Afini can do from functionality perspective or from program perspective to kind of foster that understanding and environment? Because it's, I mean, trust, it's a, it's a very unique construct. It's, it's <laughs> difficult, difficult to create and easy to lose. And uh, we want to be kind of conscious of all the, like, the dynamics the, uh, of communication of many to many or uh, one to many. So we want to create something that's really valuable and, and uh, effective uh, and, and not yet another, I don't know, network or yet, yet another um, social network that kind of died out. So we, we were kind of very conscious to, <laughs> so, that, so that we're creating something that's really kind of has, uh, staying power, but more importantly that we, 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 whatever we do has value for members. This episode is brought to you by Afenia. 
a community where 2,000 CISOs and other senior executives network, learn, and succeed together. To apply for your complimentary membership, please visit www.affinia.com or click the link in the show notes. Now, back to the show. And I think that's the key right there. It has to have value. It's going to take time. It's going to need organic growth, but mm-hmm. you've got to give me value. Uh, you know, if I log on to the Slack channel, am I the only one posting? Is there great banter? Is there good chatter? Uh, are there channels that are of interest of, you know, is it all about one topic that I'm not interested in? <laughs> or are there many different conversations I can jump into? Mm-hmm. Uh, can I be engaged and engaged in topics that are of interest to me? And when a topic that now becomes of interest to me, can I go join another channel? Can I now go go join? Uh, mm-hmm. And can I find people that are you know, those subject matter experts and directly engage with them when it's you know when it's time so you know slack channels are is just an example of uh, communication channels mm-hmm. but also what type of uh what type of articles are out there as well i want to self-learn because i need to learn at least enough that i can ask intelligent questions mm-hmm. so give me the, you know, those thought leadership articles that i can go i don't w- really want a white paper <laughs> a white paper is going to be deep deep technical you know mm-hmm. when i need to go learn about you know, AI, ML, I need to go learn about this, at, at least the basic of API in order to protect APIs, um, mm-hmm. or even understand if, you know, what is the art of possible there? Are there thought leadership materials that I can consume, educate myself, find out who some of the leading thoughts, uh, who some of the leading minds are, so mm-hmm. I can engage with them, and help me at least be intelligent when I do engage them. I'm not going to ask and look like a complete moron. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they're going to look and say, oh, he at least he did the basics. So he at least tried. He didn't just come and say, tell me everything you know about this. So if you at least show that you tried, people are going to be a lot more welcoming. They're probably not going to shun you regardless. But when I go look for a community, and look to get engaged. How open is it? How 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 open? How communicative? Uh, active. <laughs> That's the word I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. You know, open is it active? Is it engaging? Mm-hmm. And is it kind? You know, uh, are people talking down to each other or trying to build themselves up by tearing others down? Those, if you want to build trust, you you need to avoid that. Absolutely, and also to your point about value give, give, give before, before taking. And that's, which is yes. interesting. It's a, a little bit of a segue. And well, to your point, uh, we fairly early in this uh, journey with uh, specifically uh, Slack is one of the uh, channels for, for communication. We're fairly early. So I'm very keen on getting feedback, like what you just provided. So if you have any specific tips, advice, uh, we're very, very open. I want to make sure that whatever we're building is, is uh, worthwhile for members. Um, to to the point, uh, kind of, um, you 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 brought up the the kind of topic about being kind and providing value. Um, I think you have a, a well, you have a very unique perspective because you have such a uh, breadth of experience uh, as a cybersecurity executive. 
but now you're kind of a field CISO, almost kind of evangelist role for a cybersecurity vendor. And every time we bring the topic of vendors with CISOs, uh, often it uh, evokes a very visceral reaction. There are certain kind of pet peeves uh, that people have. Obviously, everyone relies on vendors to uh, keep their organization secure. And a lot of them have very trusted relationships, but sometimes like in incentives, the way the incentives are structured creates certain behaviors, especially on the side of salespeople that rub CISOs their own way. And you see flare ups on LinkedIn once in a while. And because you kind of, you've seen, you've seen both worlds, you were uh, in, a, in a cybersecurity professional role dealing with vendors. And now you kind of crossed over on the other side and you, you'll see the world from perspective, uh, from the vendor perspective a little bit. What if, if you were again to look like six months for, in 2023, uh, if you were to finish two sentences, one sentence would be, as a cybersecurity vendor, I wish CISOs would, and if you kind of fill in the blank. And on the flip side, as a CISO, as a cybersecurity executive, I wish vendors would. What would be some of the top two or three things you wish CISOs would kind of change or pay attention to mm -hmm. um, in, in their dealings with vendors and the other way around? Yeah. So as the enterprise CISO, you know, my pet peeve is when a vendor would engage me and immediately say, let me show you a demo. I, you know, why am I jumping straight into a demo? You've told me no problems that you're going to solve for me. You've asked me nothing about my business. You don't know how my business operates. You don't know what my pain points are, but you want to just tell me what your product does. So you just want to generically sell me a product that is magically going to solve my problems, which you have no idea what they are because you didn't talk to me, you haven't related to me, you haven't built a rapport with me. So as an enterprise CISO, that really, really irked me. And this is how I coach, you know, and you said now working for a vendor, the, the other side, let's, let's be honest and say, everybody that are in my, <laughs> my sphere of, you know, friends, groups, the, you know, peer CISOs, uh, when you go to vendor side, it's not the other side. They say you have joined the dark side. So that you are no longer considered you know, a peer, you are now considered a vendor. I get it. That needs to change. Just because somebody joined a vendor does not mean that they are no longer to be trusted. Uh, they can still have valuable insights. Uh, yes, they play for a, you know, a different organization, but you know, need to sit there and say, don't discount everything that a you know person who works for one particular organization or a vendor says you also you know take what they say take it with a grain of salt because hey you know they are there to you know they work for one organization but so do you <laughs> so uh, don't just discount it uh, immediately and you know ask for references so rather than me just uh you know, sitting here on the vendor side, when I go and engage with a a vendor, uh, a vendor, what I am the vendor. When I'm engaging with a with an enterprise CISO, I'm not uh, just sitting there telling them that, you know, asking the problems, not just trying to build a relationship, but as I'm listening to that, understanding the problem that they have, relaying how I address those types of problems in the past, I like to then say, can I give you a reference? That sounds like the problem that we had at Acme. Let me put you in touch with the CISO or the director of security at Acme 
And don't just take my word for it. Let me put you. So it's help. It's helping them. It's networking with them, and it's putting them in touch with somebody who's going to give them hopefully this this straight scoop. So if Absolutely. you don't believe you can trust me, let me put you in touch with somebody who you can trust. If you think I have ulterior motives. Absolutely, because it's again, it's it, it's about intent. The intent is to help and to teach not not to sell it's it's really it, yes. it's from it, it's from that perspective which makes a lot of sense because it's well, it, to, I, your, to your point to your point if i don't deem the problem your product is solving important i have no interest in spending my time listening about the product however if i find out that the problem that i thought i had solved is not really solved or the problem that are spending a third of my budget I can spend 5% of the budget, then, then you got my interest. I need, and that's something I need to know. So it's, it's really. Absolutely. And and you said it earlier, this is a team sport. We're all in this together. We may be playing for different teams, but we're on the same side. And because we're all on the same side, we need to be working together. Absolutely. Ben, I know we're coming up on time. This was awesome. Um, Where can people find you? Are you on uh, LinkedIn, Twitter? What's what's the best way to connect? I, LinkedIn is my platform of choice. So <laughs> LinkedIn Absolutely. is where I do, you know, that's where I post. That's that's where I connect with people. That's how I communicate with them. So yes, LinkedIn is, is, is my preference. Excellent. Well, Ben, thank you so much for coming on. All right. Appreciate it. If you like this episode, please subscribe to this channel and visit Athenia.com for more information about your complimentary membership or click the link in the show notes.